0: can give it electronically that are posted in the bulletin, so you can uh, look at those areas. But uh, let's go ahead and go to the Lord and, and give him thanks. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the opportunity that we have to give back a portion of the many blessings that you have bestowed upon us. I pray, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for these tithes and offerings I pray that you'll bless them to the needs of the church. I pray that it will help those in the community uh, as we reach out to folks. And we just pray that uh, you will help us as, as we uh, work with missionaries that uh, are in need of our help. I pray all of this in your name. Amen. All right. Well, this morning we are uh, concluding a series that we started uh, several weeks ago, and uh, it's this idea of reconcile, reconcile, reconcile. What does it mean uh, to reconcile something? If you're uh, kids in here, four years old to fourth grade, you guys want to head on out to a kid's church, you're welcome to do that. But we are concluding our series on uh, reconcile. And so, what does it mean to reconcile something? Here's what it means. Uh, Maybe you've seen a, maybe you've been to a car show, and uh, maybe you've seen a an old barn find or something like that. An old car, right? It's rusting out, and uh, you know, there's holes in the floorboards. It's got some dents in it. But then you go to the car show, and you know that this car has been restored. It has been made to look like the manufacturer intended it to look like. It has been made. New again. Well, uh, that's what the ministry of reconciliation is. It's that we we would put on a biblical worldview, a set of lenses that say we're going to look at uh, the world uh, through the lenses that God would have us look at them. And so we've been talking about all these things on this wheel. We've been talking about uh, the earth and money and family and and uh, the arts and body and and what does uh, what what are we supposed to do with those things? How are we supposed to address those things from a biblical world, uh, view? And so. Uh, This morning, we're going to talk about self. Here's the Bible verse that we've been working off of here in the book of Corinthians. Seth advance that one there for me. And uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and then gave us the ministry of reconciliation that we would look at everything that we encounter and try to bring that in conformity and in that into alignment with the way that God would have us do those things. Hey, have you ever thrown an axe before? Uh, guys, uh, if you're interested in going, and, uh, if we can get 10 guys, and we can get 10 guys to go, then, uh, we'd like to get 10 guys to go. There's a sign up sheet out there in the lobby. We'd like to get 10 guys to go and, uh, put your name on there. We don't, we don't have a date yet. We want to make sure we get 10 guys to go throw an axe. So sign up to throw an axe. I want them to put that out there. Listen. Here's what's up. We This whole idea of the ministry of reconciliation, looking at all things and bringing them into alignment with the way that God would have us do those things. And so uh, this morning we're going to talk about self, uh, bringing our self into alignment uh, with uh, the way that God would want us uh, to, to be, the person that God would want us to be. And so I want you to show you some pictures up here. Here's some pictures. And um, look at all those. What do all of those things have in common? They measure. How about they can be used to establish a baseline, right? Maybe something like that. Uh, Maybe there would be an indicator there as if something was off a little bit, maybe. You following me? Yes. Yes. yeah, You know, you go get your blood work done. Anybody ever get your blood work done? You go get your blood, you get your blood work done. And then you go in, you know, six months or a year later and you get it done again. And, you know, every time I go there, the, the doctor tells me, yeah, Steve, your cholesterol is still high, you know, and that uh, well, okay. You know, and, and he says, yeah, your blood sugar is still high, you know. And uh, you know it's kind of getting towards that pre diabet But if you don't have that baseline, if you don't have that gauge, right, uh, then you don't know, right? So you kind of have to have some markers in there. Uh, tape measure is kind of a measure of standard. It's kind of like uh, we're looking to make sure that these things are identical, or they're moving along. a uh, Blood pressure, kind of a baseline, is it going up? Is it going down? And so uh, then you would be able to identify those things on that baseline, and then you would say, okay, uh, maybe there's something here. I need to make some adjustments in my life uh, so that. I could bring my blood pressure down or bring it up or whatever the case Maybe Does that make sense to you? Does that make sense to you? And so these would be gauges, right? Uh, everything is good until the check engine light comes on. But when the check engine light comes on, then you go, ah, maybe there's something I need to check in the car, right? Stinking oxygen sensor. It's always the oxygen sensor, right? And, uh, and so, uh, you know, but there's something going on. And so what I would like for us to do right now is... Um, uh, I want to give you a gauge. Okay, I'm gonna. It's, it's kind of like we're gonna put the cuff on, and we're gonna start to. Okay, and so I'm gonna give you a gauge, and you're going to be able to uh, do this. And so I'm gonna, um, Mike, will you help me with this? Um, we're gonna pass these out. We hand. We just kind of hand. I think there's some there, and hand those out. And then uh, we want everybody to have a copy. You can get those passed out. Make sure everybody's got a pencil, and just we hand some of those out and. Um, would you mind just handing some of those out? We want everybody to have one of these. This is a gauge. And then um, uh, Mike's got some, Some uh, here we go. We can hand those down that way. And uh, everybody's going to get, uh, I, there might be more than you need there. Here, we make sure everybody's got kind of, th- there, so there should be enough for everybody, but we want to give, and um, what, make sure you get a pencil. Mike's got some pencils to get something to write with. And then, um, what, what you guys are going to do is, uh, I want you to fill this thing out. And uh, it's going it's to take some time, but uh, you're going to come to the conclusion that there's some things on here that uh, I know this, and everybody should know this, and this is quite elementary. And maybe you'll come to the conclusion that I didn't know this. And, and so, you got a pen or a pencil? Raise your hand if you need a pencil. Mike said, so pencils got, I'll grab, let me, Mike, I'm going to come and get a handful of pencils. I'm going here we go, I'll take those. Pencils, pencils, pencils. All right, I'll be right there. Making my way back. Do you need two pencils? Okay, yep, two pencils, pencil, all right, I'm going to get, Fallon, I'm going to get, I'm going to get more pencils. All right. Mike, you're going the opposite direction. I'm running running away from boom all right raise your hand if you need a pencil there's some coming to you teresa's got some it'll take you a little bit just take your time relax Does anybody need a gauge? Another? Let I me. Mean, There's got some. continue working on that i just want to say to our uh, folks that are watching online you can go uh, to our facebook page and the uh, uh, the gauge that uh, the folks in the room are working on right now that will be available Uh, you can find that on facebook and uh, also we're going to be going over this in just a few minutes um, and uh, uh, you'll kind of find out what's going on there so thanks for tuning in today online viewers More time, less time. Looking around. Looks like several of you are looking up at me. So if you guys can put your names on that, and uh, I'll be (laughs) collecting those. And... um, We're going to be doing a, uh, oh yeah, nobody's nobody's going to, you and God, you and God, you and God. So, all right, everybody's done with that or close enough? Hey, listen, here's, all right, uh, we're going to move forward. Here we go. Um, so we've talked about what does it mean to reconcile our money uh, back to God. Uh, we've talked about, you know, what the way the world might look at the earth and what's that mean to? How do you reconcile the earth back to God? We have talked about uh, that about the arts. You know, what, what? How does the the arts view love? And you know, what? How does that get reconciled back? So, how does one reconcile themselves uh, back uh, to God? Well, uh, when God created us, it has been His desire from the time of creation that we would be in fellowship with him, that we would be close to him, that there would be um, a familiar uh, relationship, that we are in his family, right? And uh, that he has adopted us into that, and that we are one of his kids, and that um, he would love us, and that we would love him. And then there are indicators, there are indicators in life that tells us uh, you know, is the check engine light on? There's, there's indicators on uh, the blood work, the kind of our DNA. Uh, the, there's, there's Christian evidence that would show, yes, I am in good standing and right relationship, and I feel close to God. And uh, there are then indicators we can look at and go, oh boy, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if I am connected uh, to uh, Christ. And, and what, what every person that would be a follower of Christ, literally what it means is that to be a follower of Christ is to be a Christian. Christian, to be a Christian, is a follower of Christ, a Christian. And so what does it mean to be a Christian? What are the indicators that you are a Christian or not a Christian? And uh, so we're going to try to break that down just a little bit uh, this morning. And then you, this, this this tool, this, this tool is not about guilt or shame uh, and nothing like that. This, it's a tool to understand uh, there's the continuum, right? And so, uh, you know, the doctor comes to you and says... Um, you know you have some kind of a cancer you don't look at the the doctor and say well you're shaming me you know and then you say oh well what should i do from here now that i have this information and so we now we have information so here's here's a christian a christian is this. i'm going to i submit to you this morning a christian is three things and you can write these things down in your bulletin that first a christian is what you know a christian a follower that is reconciled in right relationship uh, with God. A, a Christian is what you know. Here's what the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse six through nine says. These commands that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. So know these things. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. That know them. Uh, tie them as symbols on uh, your hands and bind them uh, on your forehead. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Make time for Scripture. That's ultimately what that means. A Christian makes time for Scripture. You make time for Scripture. It's, you know Scripture. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says, but in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Lord is the director. He is the, hey, the Lord is, uh, I look to you for input as to what I should do. The Lord of my life. But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer. You've got to have the knowledge to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope That you have. And so, can you share the gospel with somebody? Do you have enough knowledge that if somebody were to say to you, How do I become a Christian or what does it mean to be a Christian? that you could share that knowledge? knowledge with them that's and so what you know matters to God 2nd Timothy uh, chapter 3 verse 16 17 all scripture is God breathed and useful so no scripture because it's useful uh, memorize scripture because it's useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So no scripture have a scriptural foundation. The book of uh, Psalms chapter 119 verse 9 says, how can a young man keep his way pure? Here's how a young man can keep his way pure by living according to your word. Listen, uh, the Bible is it's our owner's, it's our owner's manual. It's the manual that's been given to us and and, you know, I did this lesson with the Kids Club kids a long time ago where I, I rode my motorcycle right into the gymnasium down there when the kids were in there and kind of rode it around a little bit in, in the gym. And, and then I said, my motorcycle comes with an owner's manual, you know. And I said, I can be, you know, I can be kind of goofy and I could, I could put jelly beans in the gas tank, but it doesn't run on jelly beans. And, and you know, the, it says put gasoline in the tank. I don't have to do what the manual says, but it just works better when I do what the manual says. And so we want to know the manual it's the owner's manual it's the playbook. it's the recipe book it's the instruction manual uh, for life and and so we need to have knowledge how am i how am i reconciled to god i'm increasing in my knowledge and my knowledge of scripture and who god is so if you have your sheet go to the part there that says what you know right at the top it's gonna say what you know and we'll go over that right now what you know what you know and so, um, a trick question here at the very beginning. Really, it wasn't a trick question. Maybe you thought it was going to be a trick question, but I wanted you to get some points. And so it says, there is a book called the Bible, true or false? True. The answer is true. The answer is true. So hopefully y'all got one, okay? And, um, and so I'm not going to, I'm not going to call you out on any of these things, but here's the answers, okay? Uh, which is another word for testament? And if you want to call out that, you can call that out. Uh, the word I'm looking for is contract. Contract. Uh, there's the Old Testament and the New Testament. Uh, God entered into an old contract, uh, which was follow the laws of the land. But then there is a new contract, which is by faith that through Christ, in, in Christ, uh, that you are uh, made right with God. And so um, maybe you've heard that before. There's an Old Testament, a New Testament That's the old contract, the new contract, and says using numbers one through five, put these Old Testament uh, scripture groupings in order first to last as they appear in the Bible. And so the answer is three, two, four, one, five. All right. And so in order, that would be number one is first in the Old Testament. There are books of history. And then after that, there are books of law. And then there are books of poetry, and then there are books of the major prophets, and then there are books of the minor prophets, so uh, going across there three, two, four, one, five it goes like that um, and then uh, using numbers one for, the, for put the new testament uh, scriptures into categories or in the, these groupings here and um, uh, one is the gospels after the gospels is the book of acts it 's kind of the only book of history in the uh, uh, a New Testament directly. Uh, then number three would be Paul's letters uh, to the churches. And then the last book of the Bible is a, a prophetic book. It's called the book of Revelation. And so that's the order in which they appear. Um, then how many Old Testament uh, books are there? There's 39. Okay, first of all, I should have said, um, my hope is that you did this without using Google. Okay, um, but some of you guys back there probably were Googling away, maybe you were Googling away on them, 39 Old Testament books, 27 uh, New Testament books, and so if there's 39 in the old and 27 in the new, how many are there in the Bible? All of them, all of them are in the Bible, so, so 66 books in the Bible, right? All right, and uh, somebody said, I believe the Bible all the way through the maps, Right. Some of you got maps in the back of your Bible. Some of you are like, my digital. You know, when I go on U version, it doesn't have any maps in it, but it does. If you can find them in there. And okay, here we go. Uh, number seven. I think we're at number twenty. Uh, number seven. Uh, match the story of the book uh, of the Bible. So the story, uh, David and Goliath. Where? What book do you read that in? D. First Samuel. And then going across, Jesus feeds the 5,000. Well, um, the, of, your, of your choices that are down here, it would be E, the book of Luke. Um, Noah and the flood is found in the book of Genesis. B. Uh, Paul becomes, is that great? Don, Don even referred to this. Uh, he didn't even know that he was giving you a clue when he did the communion meditation. But, uh, um, Paul becoming a Christian is found in the book of Acts. He read uh, that out of Acts at 9 today. And, um, crossing the Red Sea is from the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus, you read about there. Uh, Using Numbers 1 through uh, 6, put these books uh, as they appear in the Bible. uh, Going across, the answer is 3, 6, 2, 1, 4, 5... Uh, first, you would come across the book of Numbers. Then you would come across the book of Job from starting at the front, moving towards back. Uh, then you would come across the book of uh, Malachi or Malachi. It's the uh, yeah, uh, Malachi. Uh, then you would come across the book of Romans, and then you'd come across what book? Galatians, and then the yeah, uh, Hebrews. Right. All right. Um, match the author to the book. And so, um, who wrote First uh, and Second Timothy? Paul did. D. Who wrote the book of Revelations? John wrote the book of Revelation. Who wrote the book of Acts? Luke did. Luke wrote the book of Acts. Um, who wrote the book of Leviticus? Moses did. And who wrote the book of Lamentations? Jeremiah did. Jeremiah was lamenting the fact that Israel was going to be overthrown and the city crushed. And so Jeremiah was so distraught that he wrote Lamentations and um then uh, i don't know uh, number 10 it just says if you know other than john 316 write that out there and so that is what you know that is what you know so uh, some of you right now are thinking i know a lot you know and um, and good i'm glad that you know some of you are thinking um i could learn more i could learn more and so it's a gauge it's a gauge it's not a guilt trip you know pack your bags or going on a guilt trip right no it's not you're not supposed to be guilty about this this is a gauge you go see the doctor he says your blood pressure's a little bit low and say okay doc what do i need to do to fix that well here we are we're just saying god uh, i want to have good awareness of who you are and what you're about and i want to know my bible and i want to know it well and so uh, there's a gauge it's simply a gauge all right and so what does it mean to be a christian it means what you what you know has to do with being a Christian, being a Christ follower. And uh, reconciling your life to Christ is what it's involved with what you know. It is also in what you do, what you do, what you do. The book of James chapter two, verse 14 through 17 says, what good is it, my brothers, sisters? It says, if a man claims to have faith, but has no deeds or works or no actions that back that up. Uh, can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and, uh, and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and be well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by actions, is dead. In fact, James 2.26 says, Faith without deeds is a dead faith. It's dead. you got to resurrect it. Bring it back to life. Matthew chapter 25, uh, we referred to the parable of the uh, the talents and the stewards last week, and uh, part of the end of that, it, it goes like this. Um, then the king will say to those on his right, and so as talking about God in heaven, uh, looking at the people that he just said, "Well done, good and faithful servant." To he says, uh, "Come," he says, "Come, you who are blessed by my father, uh, take your inheritance, um, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat; I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink; I was." A stranger, and you invited me in. I was needing clothes, and you clothed me. He says, I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then these people said to God, when did we do all of these things? And God said, when you had done it for for one of the loneliest, weariest people that you have ever encountered. When you did it for them, you were doing it for me. And so look after and take care. So your actions, your actions, not only what you know, uh, some people can have a great deal of head knowledge, you know, have great quantity of scripture memorized, but they won't help anybody, right? And so it's also about what we do. The parable of the, the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10, do you remember the parable of Luke? Um, uh, there was a guy that was going down the road and the robbers come and they rob him and they strip him of his clothes and they throw him into the ditch and then he's there hurting in the ditch. And Jesus says, along comes this religious guy, this, this Levite comes along and he should have known better. And he sees the guy in the ditch, but uh, he, he didn't want to get involved in that. So he goes to the other side of the row and just passes him by. And he says that there was another guy that that comes along and. And this guy was a priest, and and the priest just kind of looks at him and steps over, and, and he should have been willing to help, but he just kind of walked on by. And then Jesus says, There was this other guy that came along into the picture, and there was a guy who was laying in the ditch, and he was hurting his naked, his beat up. And he says, This guy, and, and I think that if Jesus was telling the story today, he might say something that would be as insensitive of, as, you know, because um, we, you know, he'd say, these other two guys were kind of Christian guys, kind of, if you would. But this other guy, he was, he was a Muslim guy. And, and the Muslim guy was walking down the road, and the Muslim guy helped him, you know? And, and he reached into his pockets and, and he uh, helped him and took him to the hospital and took care of him. And, and then the Christian people would say, oh, they, Those people don't do those good things. And he says, That's the point. That's the point. He says, you, The person that helps the person is the one. That I want you to be like. I want you to be like the one that helps somebody. And so what you do, what you do matters to God. So on here, it says, uh, what you do, and then I got this broken into two categories here. What do you do for yourself, for yourself? You have to do things for self. Uh, what are you currently reading in the Bible? You read in the Bible to, to fortify yourself. Uh, what are you studying to make you a better person? person and there's all kinds of books and commentaries and and there's uh, there's books that are there's even fictional Christian books that you can read that, uh, that just help you to kind of view life in a in a more Christian way uh, How much time do you set aside for prayer are you a person that does you know is it just when you're driving on the road or do you set aside a time uh, to pray it's what you do how often do you attend church it's what you uh, do how often do you attend Sunday school it's what you do those things matter but not only you do those things for yourself but then flip the paper over there you do things for others you do things for others what is what is more kind than to introduce someone uh, to Jesus Christ uh, the Lord that will save them from hell and all eternity and so listen the three people that you uh, have invited to church, you know, uh, you've done that for others. Or uh, list three people that you will invite to church. You will invite them to church because you know that that God is good and and not not you know he's, he's not a bad. It's good to do. Um How much of your money uh, have you used to help others in the last few months? That's what God wants us to do. We talked about we we're going to talk about uh, money that we would give and help people and. Um, uh, who are the people uh, that you are praying for, that you're consciously thinking of them and, and uh, they're kind of on a list and you revisit that and you go and you pray for them? Um, uh, what act of service have you performed for someone recently that you set out to do that for someone? And so again, it's uh, a gauge, it's a gauge, it's a gauge, it's kind of a checkup. Uh, this is not meant to make you feel guilty. It's kind of like, huh? Well, you know, maybe I need to think a little bit more about that because I need to be reconciling. If I'm a Christ follower, then my footsteps are to be in the footsteps of Jesus, and if I'm going to be like Him. I have to have I have to have knowledge of the Bible, but my actions also matter. My, my actions also uh, matter to God, and and it's also this. It's it's not only just what you know and what you do, but who you are. That is your that's that's your actions. That's, it's not your, it's not your actions. It's your character. It's your attitude. Do you have a character and an attitude of Christ likeness? Uh, first John chapter four, verse eight says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. We visited this a few weeks back. First Corinthians chapter 13, uh, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always hopes, always trusts, and um, I think it trusts, hopes, and it always perseveres. Um, having an attitude of love towards other people. Um, if you plant an apple seed, what kind of tree might you expect to grow? A, if you, a, a pie? Did somebody say a pie? <laughs> okay, if you plant an orange seed, what kind of tree might you? This might, you might not want to do that because where this might end up, it might be kind of telling here. And so you plant the pear, you plant the pear seed, you want the pear tree to go right, and so you plant the seed, and there should be evidence the fruit the fruit is going to show what's been planted, right? The fruit is going to be evidence of what has been planted. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 says, The fruit of the Spirit. Do you have the Spirit of God inside of you? Because the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control. And so on here, who are you? Who are you? On a scale of 1 to 10, mark the spot where you are on this thing. And, uh, would your cl- classmates, if you're a student, Coworkers, I said, not not your best friend. Your best friend will cover for you, and you know they're going to be there for you, and they're going to be, you know. But the, the 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 man on the street kind of thing, the person that when you're checking out at the um, at the the market or whatever, you know, and nobody does it. Uh, you know what? That's an illustration that's just kind of going away, right? When you're checking out and you're talking to the person, and check, who talks to anybody when checking out anymore, right? It's just me going beep. Bang, beep, bang. Right? I'm out. You know, nobody even cares. I'm there anyway. But uh, when you encounter people, when you encounter people, and you kind of do, those people think of you as all of these things. Are you are you not loving, or are you very loving? What's your reputation around uh, your workplace and your environment? And people, are you uh, not joyful, or are you very joyful? Are you not peace filled? Or are you very peace filled? Where are you on that gauge? Are you? Do people perceive you as patient or impatient? You know you, have You know, oh boy, right? Are you not kind or are you very kind? This is the fruit of the spirit. This is your. This is uh, your attitude. This is your character. Are you faithful or not faithful? Are you? Are you gentle or not gentle? Are you uh, self controlled or? you have no self control here's the thing this is a gauge it's a gauge I have to ask myself um, is the meter ticking towards I'm a Christian to be a Christian is to be like Christ is the meter in my life am I being reconciled back to the car that's being redone is there some rust that's getting uh, kind of grinded out and is there uh, new metal being uh, put in place you know and is some of the rot starting to go away is the is the paint being polished and is the chrome being buffed out am I becoming more like uh, the creator has intended me to be I'm to look more and more and more like Christ all the time and the way I do that is by uh, the way I invest invest myself in growing in my knowledge and the uh, the way I invest myself in in the the way that I relate to other people and and that I grow to be more like Jesus. Now here's the thing if you aced this thing no, 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 no listen, if you aced this thing, if you blew through this thing and and you've got, you know, you, you feel confident in your walk. My question to you is Who are you mentoring? Who are you mentoring? If you didn't do as well as you would like to, who have you contacted? To say, would you be my accountability partner? Would you be my accountability partner? Because I want to be more like Jesus. Jesus had all of the knowledge but was never perceived as arrogant. Jesus hung out. With sinners and broken people, but was never perceived to be entangled in those trappings of sinfulness. Jesus was always kind and loving and gracious. He would be confrontational when confrontation was an appropriate measure. But God is good. And Jesus is perfect. And God says, I want to come alongside you and help you be more like my son. But we don't get there unless we commit to working on it. And so you know where you are. And my prayer is that You don't leave here feeling guilty. You leave here saying, I want to be more like Jesus. And what do I need to do this week in one of these areas to just tick the dial up to be more like Jesus? I don't know where you are with your walk. But if you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, if you've never accepted what He has done for you on the cross to forgive you of your sins, to make you right with Him, that's a conversation I'd like to have with you. I'd like like to tell you all about what it is to be baptized into Christ to make Him your King and your Lord. If you know Jesus, reach out to other people and say, Hey, we grow together that's what a church family is to do let's pray father as we uh, leave this place ask that you would convict all of us and point out those areas that you have revealed to us that we can be closer to you in help us to do that this week Father, we also ask again that you would watch over those people in Ukraine and surrounding areas today. Some of them right now are talking to you in ways that they haven't in a long time. And we ask that you would reach out to them and us and pull us towards you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.